child of God. Will you now lift your hands and worship as sons and daughters of the Most High. We celebrate no matter what generation we represent. We come together as children of God. He is the same God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He takes all these generations and brings us together and pours out his perfect love. We no longer have to live in fear and abandonment and alienation. We have been adopted into this family by the royal, perfect, precious blood of Jesus Christ that has washed away our sins and has given us new life. We are no longer who we once were. We are made new creations in Christ Jesus. Celebrate that today, church. Give him a praise today, will you? Give a shout to the Lord today. Honor him today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Grace Life Church, let's give this glow band one more rousing applause. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Before you're seated, go to at least three other people say, I'm glad you're here. And you get extra points today if you cross an aisle. Well, I think we have something else in common. How many of you with the raising of your hand would admit that you have voices in your head? Oh, come on. I don't always accentuate a title that I give to a message. It helps, especially for archive reasons if somebody wants to hear a message again. But uh, I just love this title. I, you know, so I'm just kind of praying and thoughtful and preparing for the message. I thought, surely I'm not alone. I ha there's other people has got voices in their head. <laughs> and we usually use that expression uh, when we're trying to make fun of ourselves or someone else. But the reality is we all have voices in our head. Because the reality is this, communication is going on all the time. And so you see the different pictures on the screen. Some of us have phones that we talk to constantly. Well, we're not just talking to a device. It's communicating to somebody else, and we're having this dialogue by separation of miles, even state boundaries and, and country boundaries at times. Sometimes it's the privilege of getting to sit down at a table and just dine with somebody or two or three Sometimes it's in moments like this where, again, these messengers 
are delivering messages. And once we hear something, whether it is a uh, a three-word expressive sentence that we've heard somewhere during the course of our day, or uh, we got to hear from our child that we haven't heard from in weeks on end and we're hanging on every word, or there's a new romance in our life and we're playing those words over and over in our mind, what did they say when we met him in the hall this afternoon or two days ago? In other words, as we learn through the brain series, our brain is constantly looping, and the things that we've heard is being replayed over and over and over. And the things that we embrace the most find a way to keep looping in our mind, and we hear it over and over. We know it's the same thing when it comes to painful experiences. If someone has said, I hate you, and it's someone that you wanted to hear the words, I love you, it's very painful. And when it comes from a parent, when it comes from a teacher, when it comes from a friend, and they're telling you, I no longer want to have fellowship with you, things like that are extremely painful. And you think you can just turn that off? No, I got news for you. That voice keeps talking in your head. And so as human beings, God has created us with this ability of recall. We have this ability to communicate one to another. As some of you have already witnessed right here, we have two brothers with us today that wants to start yet another ministry on the campus here, a Spanish ministry, and we've had the privilege of launching so many other groups. And so here is a communication where one has to interpret to the other. It's a little more advanced in the English language than the other. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> in, Span in Espanol. Amen. <laughs> I love it. So it's communications and these, these messengers speaking messages and downloading into our life. And so, again, we, we play them over and over and over. This is the reality of our life. We're finding ways to communicate one to another. Today, I don't have a given text because what I'm going to share with you is a repeated phrase in Scripture. But if you would turn to the book of Revelation and you would go to chapters 2 and 3 you will find seven different churches described there. And to each one of these churches, this repeated theme is communicated. And it is simply this. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church is. So you're hearing, again, a singular address at the beginning. He, you can put she in there, individual uh, that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, it turns into plural. Again, this communication is given to each and every church. Again, for those that may have never read the book of Revelation, have any understanding of it at all, each one of these, these churches are described in the same way. They're given as a visual of the time in which they didn't have electricity and have lights like we have today. They had to light and illuminate the room either by candle or by lamp, but not an electric lamp. Each one of these churches are described as lamp stands. And it's very important to understand what is being communicated to these churches. They each have a place in their community. They each are lifted up so that their power, their voice can be broadcast 
uh, from a better perspective than if the lamp was down on the floor and could only illuminate a small area. It is on a lamp stand. It's able to broadcast further. As well, understand that these are not candle stands. Uh, they are lamp stands. In other words, if it was lighting a candle, the candle would be made of wax and a wick and would last so long as long as there was a wick to burn from. But when it comes to a lamp, it is filled with oil and the wick is immersed into the oil. And as long as there is oil in that lamp, it will continue to burn and give illumination. This is the picture of a church. And all of these churches, and even to this day, we are seen as Grace Life Church as a lampstand to this area so that we can have effect, have illumination, that our message can go out, broadcast from here. In order to do that, we have to be fueled by oil, and in Scripture, oil always represents the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to cause us to be able to shine. Again, we find in the Word of God, let your light so shine before men that they may see you and see what you do and hear your words so that you can show forth the glory of God, so you can shine forth. So again, the communication does go to churches, but it breaks down to the individual. Again, each one of these churches was given a message. Of these seven churches, one is this church known as Ephesus. And in this community of Ephesus, he again describes several things that he appreciated that they were doing. However, again, each one of these churches was receiving a letter. And it's speaking to the angel of that church, which I am of the school of thought, that it's speaking to the shepherd, the elder, the pastor of those works to be able to communicate to the congregants in those churches what the Spirit of God is saying. No different than what we're experiencing right now. And as he's communicating to Ephesus, he's telling them, you're still doing a lot of things right, but I have something against you. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. In other words, you've continued the work, but something's gone wrong. Something's getting cold. You have forgot why you got into this thing. You forgot that you're a child of God. You forgot you couldn't save yourself. You forgot what I did for you and how I rescued you and delivered you. You're going on in the works, but you forgot why you're doing it. You've abandoned your love that you had at first, how tender it was, how appreciative it was. You don't have to lose that affection for me, God was saying to them. And he's giving them opportunity to repent. And then we have the church in Smyrna. And the church in Smyrna never is given a description that it knew high times and low times. It's constantly under duress and, and persecution and pressure. And he's communicating to them now, you're even going to go through more. Some of you will be imprisoned. And some of you will even die in the faith. He's encouraging them to be faithful to what he's called them to do. Wow. Turn to somebody and say, I don't want to be a part of that church. I want one of them churches that everybody's happy and loves everybody and just is big and is impressive and it's culturally acceptable. And we all want that church. But you see, 
we got to take the whole word of God and understand he's communicating. He's got a mission for every house of worship. He's got a job for us to do, and we've got to be faithful to it. As he's speaking to them, he's encouraging them to remain in that, even though you go through tribulation. And then, of course, you have Pergamos. And per- uh, Pergamos is a church uh, that uh, uh, had, again, done a lot of things right, but along the way, they had begun to water down the messages. And then this twin church, this church in Thyatira, had done the same thing, but it was more about they became more and more tolerant of what the culture was demanding for them to do in staying. Wow, does that sound familiar today? And then he spoke to Sardis, and he says, Sardis, you are a church of pretense, but you're dead. You're, a, you're spiritually lifeless. You still look the good, and if a passerby comes by, they wouldn't know any different. But there's no spirit moving. There's, your oil has been depleted. And he gives this strong word that a lampstand can actually be removed. A church can be lost. He speaks to Philadelphia, and he says to Philadelphia, you see yourself as small, and indeed, in comparison to others, you are, but you have remained faithful to my word. You have remained faithful to my name, and as a result, I'm opening a door to you, and nobody, no culture, no power, no political power, no army, no nobody can come against you and slam that door shut, because I'm the one that opened it, and I'm going to keep that door open. To Laodicea, oh, they were the popular church. Where Philadelphia wasn't popular at all, Laodicea was extremely popular. But along the way, they became so arrogant and prideful. And they said, what else do we need? We take care of ourselves. We don't even need God any longer. As I've said many a time, man has learned the science of church. We know the practices of church, but is there still a lifeline to it? Is there still oil being put into the lamp that's on this lampstand, and are we still illuminating? And I'll tell you what's even more sobering than that. Not only can a lampstand be removed, but among these churches, he said, I won't blot your name out of the book of life. In other words, it's possible that your name can get on that book, that registrar, but then it can be lost. And I know I just hurt some feelings because we want to hold on to a doctrine that says, well, if I said the words right one time in my life, I'm good from now on, aren't I? You hear me today? It's sobering, all these messages. And that's why I said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Voices in our head. is One of those voices is the premier voice, the most paramount voice. It is the voice of God. Is God speaking? And if he's speaking, are we listening? And if we're listening, are we adhering to what we are hearing? Wow. So again, this is one of those messages that just gets right down there where we're living. Because our times are paralleled to the times that these letters are written. It is true that these seven churches, if you like history, was in an area today we call Turkey. And it, it, it was a postal route. And you can see the cycle of how that postal worker would take the letters to these, these different regions, starting in Ephesus and coming all the way around to Laodicea. 
But you see, they weren't just seven literal churches. They still speak to the types of churches that are in operation to this day. How do you know that, Pastor? Because the Word of God declares. As he's talking to them, he uses verbiage, he uses language that tells us uh, some of these, there's an hour of trial coming to the whole world, but I will keep you in that moment. He goes on and he speaks even of a time once the church of Jesus Christ has been raptured from this earth and brought back to this earth. How do you know? They said, because I am returning. You got to understand this letter was written after Jesus had come and left the first time. So it is speaking of his return that we're still looking for to this day. Can I hear an amen in the house? And if so, he says, and when I come, you will rule with a rod of iron with me. So we understand that these letters aren't just historical, that they're not antiquated and, and, and no longer have effect. They are speaking to us now. And we have to look at ourselves and say, well, what kind of church are we? What type of church are we? You know, again, who are we in Christ? What is our mission? What's he called us to do? Understand again about these voices. It is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He said, this is the thing about voices. Every voice is distinctive. How many of you as parents, now your children may have left the nest and your empty nesters but that child calls on the phone. You don't have to say, hey, is this really so-and-so? You know that voice. What about for the children and they haven't heard from their parent in a long time? Or maybe a public school teacher that meant so much to them and it's been years since you've been in that classroom, but they meant so much to you then and they call you or, they, or you hear their voice in a crowded room as you're in some restaurant maybe, but you want to look around because you know that voice. The scriptures bear that out. He says, my sheep know my voice. There is a distinction to voices. So again, what the Bible's really declaring is there's a lot of voices going on in our heads. There's always communications going on. I don't know about you, uh, those of you that's been married a while, Sheila and I have been married 38 years now. Isn't that amazing? And over the time, there's distinction, but, but the voice of my wife and the voice of God, they almost sound the same. Just see if you're still with me. Now, there's distinctions. It's the pitch, it's the tone a lot of times that gives them away. Growing up, you don't have, I didn't, you know, you probably can relate. Most people don't use their middle name. But the reason we know our middle names is because it was used quite often in the home. Randall Bryan? Oh, now that. You're getting my attention. If it was just Randy, I could tune you out. But when I heard Randall with Brian, I knew I better be attentive. Oh, I'm the only one? Voices have distinction. Again, he said, my sheep, they know my voice. He's speaking to us again, and he's promising us of his return. He's promising us... That as we operate as churches, he's communicating to us, but not only as churches. Now we focus, as he says, he that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You can be sitting in churches, and all of these churches, you will find out he's describing them with contrast. But there are those, even though they're in a lifeless church, they're still listening to me. 
They may be in a church that's watering down its messages, but they have held fast to that which is truth. You see, each one of us will have an accountability unto our God individually. There won't be a big bus come through and we all get judged at the same time. We go individually. You can be married 60, 70 years upon the earth, but it won't be husband and wife walking together through judgment. We will each face this judge by ourselves. Again, all these things are sobering today, but we have to know truth. We have to understand that God is communicating to us, and He's doing this because of everything that's sung today. He loves us. But He doesn't just love us in the now. He loves us with an eternal scope. Again, it broke the heart of God that He was separated from His creation because of our sin. So God, before the foundation of the world was created, He had already built the bridge in Jesus Christ so that we could get back to Him. He doesn't want to lose us when death calls upon us. When our appointment comes, he's made a way that we can live eternally with him. Can I hear a shout in the house today? Again, we have to understand our times. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And here's the question that I really want to put before us. I hear this expression quite often, and it's, it's really speaking to me now. What is it that defines us? That's the question. What defines you? What defines who you are to others? Who are you, really? Who do others, what do they see in you? What do they hear from you? You see, what defines you is not only the things that come into your life, it's what you embrace, and we see it now as your character. We understand you. We know being with another person before long in communications, we know where they stand politically. Can I hear an amen or an oh me in the house? You see, it doesn't take long before we realize, well, they're a sports advocate. Maybe they're a political advocate. Uh, they're an educator. They're a physician. Uh, they like numbers. The list can go on and on. What is it that defines us? What are we known by? Are we known as Christians? Are we known as believers? Are we known to have our ears working and know the Spirit of God's voice in our life? What defines us? What is it that others would say? And I, I used to do this as a youth pastor, so I'm going to pull it on you today. What if we left here today and you invited me to go eat lunch with you today? That's just a question, folks. Don't get nervous. And as we sit in the restaurant, someone walks up that knows you but doesn't know me. And you know them from work. How will the conversation go from there? Will you readily say, oh, let me introduce you to my pastor. Or will you like, um, uh, 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 we'll get together tomorrow. Let's get down to where we live today. This is why you all love me so much. We're going to keep it real. What? defines us. Again, in that conversation, and all of a sudden it's like, well, hopefully the pastor won't be too preachy sitting here at the table. Give him some more fried chicken. He'll be happy. <laughs> you know what preachers do. Our motto is, preach the word and eat the bird. That's all you need to know. 
How's that conversation going to go if all of a sudden faith gets talked about? What is it that defines us? Who are we really? Because this is the very thing we will be judged upon. Who are we in Christ? What voices are we listening to? Do we know the voice of God? And in hearing that voice, do we adhere to what he's saying to us? Do we listen to him? And here's where we come down. And again, Grace Life Church, as we came together with that name and pushing core values, not only are we generational that we've embraced today, we are a biblical people. You hear me today, if I could... If I don't say anything else today, you understand, you better know this word. It truly has to be the lens which we peer through. It becomes that which we see life through. It is that which speaks to us. How do I date somebody else? What do I do on these dates? What do I do in my business practices? If I create a business and bring a partner on, what does this business represent and what practices will we exercise? What will we do with our finances? What do I do as I raise my children? Will I parent them according to the Word of God? Will I instill in them the principles of God's Word? Will we have devotions? Will we know the Word of God? Will I raise this next generation up to know His voice? Will they know what the Word of God expects of us? And get ready for it. Spoiler alert. There's actually commandments in this book. And we're living in a time in which the culture wants to penetrate the Pergamuses and the Thyatira churches. If you'll just water down your message enough to be culturally relevant, we'll all join hands and sing Kumbaya together. Don't ever fall for that lie. There is one word of God that speaks to us and it's eternal. The heavens and earth are going to pass away, but not my word. We better know this word. We better know it. He said, listen to the psalmist. The psalmist says in 119, it's the longest chapter in the Word of God. When you get to verse 11, speaking to the young people, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? In verse 11, that was verse 9, excuse me. Verse 11 comes along, he says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. In other words, I have stored up your word in my heart. I'm not just hiding behind it. No, I've put it in my heart. And therefore, as I go through situations, uh, when I'm tempted, when I'm going through trial, even going through heartache, I've already stored up the Word of God to where it can speak to me, and I know what to do in this situation before I have to go through this situation. And when I'm feeling the pressure from the culture that says, if you'll do this, We'll all like you better. The Word of God is speaking to me, and I have to know what defines me. Am I a child of God? Am I a student of His Word? Do I know the voice of God? Is He speaking to me? And do I really have the Word of God hidden in my heart, stored up, so that I can withstand the evil day as it comes against me? The Word of God in Psalms 119 goes on, and verse 105 says, It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. For somebody else that's just getting started in this journey, you say, what does that really mean? I can't see where I need to go. I don't know where this relationship's going to take me. Woo, hallelujah. I felt the power, didn't you? 
Let me try it again. I'll surf on that one. What you doing back there, Anthony? Everybody turn around and wave at Anthony. Don't you love it? Nobody even knows his name until something goes wrong with him. Everybody wants to blame the sound man. A lamp unto my feet. You see, let's get real with it today. We all are very human, and we look through a glass darkly at times. We don't know when we start dating someone where that relationship may go. We have to take it a step at a time. Can I hear an amen in the house? We can prepare all we want to, but we don't really know. We can walk into marriage, but we don't know all that we're going to face. We decide as a couple, well, let's have children. And the first child comes, and you're like, now what do we do? Never had one of these things before. This thing makes noises. It has smells. I don't know what to do with it. Mom? What am I going to do? What am I going to do when this child becomes a teenager? Can I have a shout in the house, folks? God, you can have them back. <laughs> a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. I love the description. The Bible says God is light. And I've shared this in the past, but it, it's apropos once again. Do you know what that really means? I like the definition from one writer that said it this way. Because most of us, when we hear God is light, we're thinking about the most incredible light that we've ever witnessed that just keeps us blinded. I don't believe that that's what it really means, even though God is very capable of that. I like how one writer said, he said, you know how much light God is? Just enough light for the next step. Not that he's diminished, but that we couldn't handle all that he is. He is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I don't know where I'm going, but I can take it one step at a time. I'm going to walk by faith. This is good preaching, folks. I don't know where this business practice is going to go, but as long as I'm walking in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with the light, it's going to be all right. Even though everything around me gets dark and everything gets jaded and everything gets torment, uh, can be tormenting to me as long as I walk in the light as he is in the light. For I'm a child of the light. I'm going to walk with this lamp before me. I've got to keep oil in that lamp, but I'm going to keep walking as it illuminates my path. The church of God in its early days had articles. The evangel was to the general church, but unto its youth. That magazine article, William, can you say it real loud? It was what? Her voice is soft. Yeah, the lighted pathway, right? The lighted pathway was the name of the article. In other words, I need direction for my life. How many of us have said at one time or another, or just about every week of our life, I don't want to know the will of God for my life. You're going to know his will through his last will and testament i got to know his word. I love what was described about two people got together one day, and they both were sharing scripture. It says, well, it's obvious that the one person knows the book, but the other person, it's obvious they know the author of the book. Do we know his voice? Is it speaking to us? Is it relevant? Is it real? We're living in incredible times right now. We're dealing with pressures that we never dreamed we would. Whether you're a new convert or whether you've been serving the Lord for many years. Parents and grandparents, you're hearing things from your children and your grandchildren that are shocking you. 
Can I hear a shout of amen in the house? What's the answer? The problem with us so many times is we treat the symptoms and not the source. Well, if we do this, if we do this, if we do this, what about let's just go to the Word of God? What about if we let it speak to us? Let that be the voice in our head. To hear the voice of God, to guide us, to direct us, to give us that confidence in our journey that as we're going along, even in those times when His voice, and we know it now, is saying, I want you to go here. And in our natural, we say, I don't want to go there. Have we created a trust to where this voice has never failed me? I'm going to continue to trust this voice in my life. I got a lot of voices in my head, and there's a lot of voices that are not that voice that I like what they're saying right now. What's going to cause us? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I am a Pentecostal preacher. I believe in the fullness of God in the life of believers. I'm believing he didn't leave us in this world alone. Jesus promised, he said, as he was leaving, he said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you comfortless. I am sending yet another one. In other words, he is me. He's just like me. He's at, where you can't separate us. He will not only be with you, but he shall be in you. There has been many, see, I just shared this again this morning uh, with two brothers in the office, and again, they both knew, but I wonder how many of us know. We talk about trials and tribulations, and we think, well, the days of martyrs are over. That was all back in the times of the first century. No, there are more martyrs for Jesus Christ today than any time in recorded history. We have brothers and sisters in Christ around this globe that are dying in their faith as we have the liberty of preaching in this sanctuary right now. It's real, folks. If we find ourselves being in a church in Smyrna that's knowing a trial and tribulation and, and really can't brag about any good days, but we stay faithful, he said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. I will keep you. I will protect you. I will watch over you. If we find ourselves being in a time in which it seems like everybody we've known is watering the messages down and allowing this to be tolerant and that tolerant and polluting what's been there and no longer is it pure, understand, he that hath an ear, the Spirit of God is speaking and will keep us. If we're in a time where we are not popular, he will watch over us and he'll keep a door open. You see... It wasn't just Red Roof Inn that got that motto out there. He said, the light's still on. You're welcome here. What about if we're in a popular group, but we no longer look for God to do anything for us? We can do it ourselves. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. It comes down to this. I, several years ago, as a Christian education youth pastor in Monroe, Georgia, in the 80s, early 80s, I felt like God gave me a tool back then, and it has stayed dear to my heart, and I'll share it with you today. I came up with an acronym because I, I love John 15 so much, and, and again, in the 16th verse, he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you, and I've ordained you that you'll produce fruit in your life and fruit that will remain, and so from that, I had a time in which he gave me an acronym for Christian education, 
and it simply was reap. I want to reap a bountiful harvest. How do I reap? It is reading his word. It's examining our life to that which we've read and then applying it to our life and therefore we'll produce. Pretty good, huh? If I want to reap, I got to know him. I got to know him through his word. It's got to be a light into my path, light into my path. It's got to speak to me. And not only do I want to be a hearer, I want to be a doer of the word, as James would say. So now I've not only read it, but I'm examining my life to the mirror of his word and seeing how I'm doing. And once I examine my life, then I'm going to say, I'm going to claim the promises of God. Am I speaking to anybody today? In his word, his promises are what? Yea and amen. They are yes and so be it. So when hell comes against you, say, wait a minute, hell. You may have a voice, but there's a greater voice speaking in my head, and it's the voice of Almighty God, and he is the ruler, as we sung today, over even principalities and powers in this world, and things present and things to come, height or depth. Nothing can separate me from that voice. I'm going to hold fast to the promises of his word. Well, maybe I'm a young parent. I don't know what to do with my kid. My kid is getting influenced by others. What do I do? I'm going to hold fast to the promises in your word. I'm going to apply them. Well, it's not real popular right now, but it's eternal and it's truth, and I'm going to hold fast. What if my kid's gone wayward, and they tell me I don't ever want to have a thing to do with church again? You and dad are all right, or you and mom are all right, and you can, we'll still be a part, but I don't want anything to do with your church. I don't want anything to do with your God. I don't want to do anything with your faith, with your Bible. What are you going to do? I'm going to hold fast to the promises of God. And you may be up in years, you say, just like David, I may be old now, but I've not been forsaken, and my seed ain't going to beg for bread either. I'm, my God is watching over. I'm going to pray faithfully. My God says, if I pray, he hears me, and if he hears me, he will answer. He, he spoke before that and said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear them from my position in heaven, and I will heal your land. I will answer your prayers. I will be involved in your life. Is this helping somebody today? Amen. What voice are we listening to? What is it that defines us? How long has it been since somebody's accused you of being a Bible thumper? You see, it ought to be a badge of courage today. Every time you go through something and they call your name out, you've got a scripture. You think the Bible answers everything. Thank you for noticing that. Amen. Well, I think you're outnumbered today. No, greater is he that's in me than he that I'm facing right now. Well, you got fiery darts coming at you. Not only from the front, from the back. Well, he's still my shield and my buckler. And he told me, he reminded me this morning, to put on the whole armor of God that I may withstand the evil hour. And he is my shield. He's my buckler. He not only goes before me, he stands behind me. He watches over me. He's the shepherd of my soul. He guards over my heart. I'm telling you, folks, I'm not setting a date, but Jesus is coming again. And he's still got his churches in operation. But he's speaking to the individual. He said, behold, I'm standing there and I'm knocking. If you'll keep that door open, I'll come in and fellowship with you. If anyone heareth my voice, I will come into them and I will dine with them. Who's ever come to the instruments, please come. There's a term today. It's not a new term, but it's a term we need to embrace. 
It's simply a term called apologetics. And apologetics doesn't mean to say you're sorry about something. It is about defending. And this is exactly what Peter said as he writes to us today. How many knows Peter wrote to you today? And he said, be prepared to defend the faith that others see in you. That's what defines you. Well, right now, you're struggling financially. Where's your God now? He's still my God. And he's faithful. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He might have to go out and slaughter a few of them today and give them to the butcher shop. Well, he sure has allowed you to struggle for a long time. But you see, my God is timeless. He isn't measured by a calendar or a, a watch. He's eternally faithful. Well, do you think your God would allow you to go through garbage like this? It's obvious he will. But you know what he also promised? He'd never leave me nor forsake me. And when it seems like I am so outnumbered, what do you do? The Word of God says, What shall I say to these things? If my God be for me, who can be against me? David put it this way. He said, It is in the Lord. He is my God. In Him I will place my trust. Martha was standing there one day, and she loved her brother dearly. And she watched him get sick, and she watched him die. Got the word out to Jesus, but Jesus didn't get there in time. Even to the Jewish mind, it says, as long as he can get here in three days, we're still good. But this is the fourth day. It's done. Jesus walked up, and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And turns to Martha. And he asked of her what he asked of us today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's what he said, That's what he said to her. But Lazarus' body's in that tomb. But Jesus said, I just said, the voice in your head right now just said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe what I just said? Today, we're asked the same question. Do you believe this? What about if your best friend has a different opinion than this? You still believe it? Put it right here, girl. You better be praying for this generation. Not only can we not lose them, we need them. The attack upon them is different than what we've known. There's something out there called social media. Are there voices in that thing? Voices in my head. Would you stand with me today?